We think around 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. But why is it that the negative ones are often the loudest? We'll figure out how to challenge our negative thinking on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science. And it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Pleased that you are tuning in once again, wherever you are in the world and however you may be listening. We're also very grateful that more of you are making Live Happy Magazine a part of your routines, whether it be with the print edition, which is available in fine bookstores and magazine racks everywhere. You can also subscribe to have it sent to you or the digital edition, which we really encourage you to be on board with. You can find it in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, which means you can put it on any phone or device like a tablet and take it with you. Plus, there's special features involved if you get the digital edition. So we encourage you actually do both. Kind of fun. We are also encouraging you to stick around for this episode of the podcast as Oren Hedrich, a certified life coach and mindfulness meditation teacher and author of Says Who, How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever joins us. Now, in that book, Aura says created an incredibly easy to follow method to get rid of negative thoughts, taking away all their power over us. It'll work for anyone. And it starts by realizing that we're in control over our own thoughts and we get to decide who stays. Well, first of all, Aura, we're really excited that we were able to get uh, get you on the program, get a hold of you. You're a very busy person, uh, world traveler, so thank you for uh, taking some time out to talk with us today. Well, thank you for having me. The book, again, as we mentioned, is Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever. And you mentioned that there are seven key questions to ask every day to challenge negative thoughts. Can you give us an idea of, of what those questions that we should be asking ourselves are? Well, there's seven very straightforward, um, what I call very logical, user-friendly questions. The first one being, says who, uh, which is basically asking yourself, who is saying this thought in my mind? You know, a lot of people don't really want to own their negative thoughts. They want to push them aside, pretend they're not having them, deflect them, all those kinds of things. So that's a really important question to start with, says who. And it's basically taking ownership of the thought that you're thinking that you want to change. And the second question is, have I heard someone say this thought before? Another really important question because many of our negative and fear-based thoughts did not originate with us. We heard them maybe long ago in childhood, and uh, it was said to us perhaps by a parent, an authority figure, the bully on the schoolyard, and we took that on as real and true, and that is carried over a lot of times into adulthood. So unless you confront and challenge them, they will stick around. Uh, the third question, one of my favorites, do I like this thought? <laughs> well, I don't know how many of our negative thoughts we really end up liking. Again, very logical, very straightforward. If you can answer that question with, yeah, I really do like this negative thought and here's why, well, that's 
going to be an interesting realization about yourself that you're liking yeah. your negative thoughts, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and the fourth question, does this thought make me feel better? Again, what is it about your negative thought that's making you feel better? Is it adding to your life? Is it enhancing your relationships? Is it making your job better? Is it just overall making your life better in any way, do you know? So, again, I think you're pretty hard put to say, yeah, this negative thought is actually making me feel better. Fifth question, does this thought work for me? How does that negative thought work for you? You know, it really confronts that. You know, it confronts all these questions, have you answer them very honestly, in that if it's working for you favorably, how I don't think our negative thoughts really work very well for us. At the end of the day, they really don't work favorably. Uh, sixth question, am I in control of this thought? You know, so many people feel out of control with their negative thoughts. They feel overwhelmed by them. They feel like they take them over. And that's really how sometimes it ends up feeling when you don't challenge and confront a negative thought and just accept it so readily. And what ends up happening is you start to feel the emotions around that thought, and it can feel very overwhelming. So important thing to ask yourself, you know, are you in control of this thought or does it control you? And the final question is, do I want to keep this thought or let it go? And I think that when you've answered those very honestly and you recognize that you've owned this negative thought, um, you don't really like it. It's really not making you feel better and it's probably not working for you favorably and you're sick and tired of feeling like you're in control or not in control, I should say, of this negative thought that pretty much feels like it's taking you over, I would think that by the time you get to the seventh question, do I want to keep this thought or let it go? You probably are ready to let it go. This is sort of a a seven-step, I guess, uh, practice or seven-step instruction sent to inner mindfulness, I think. This is a really... Uh, a lot of people that have these negative thoughts, you, like you said, you can be, if you allow yourself to be, overtaken by them. And these are some fantastic steps towards uh, hopefully preventing yourself from, from reaching that point. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of mindfulness, which I'm a mindfulness meditation teacher, and that's an integral part of this whole work and questioning process And that you want to be present with your thoughts. You want to be really with them, being aware of them and being aware of the, the type of, you know, havoc they could wreak on you in that you want to be so present with them that you can address them properly And that's really what it's about. You know, it's about, again, owning them, being aware of them, being present with them, noting the type of effect that it has on you, and basically ready to change them, you know, to start the dismantling, to start the transformation process of doing what I call in the book release and replace. And that is you're ready to let a thought go. You're ready to release it and replace it with something that does work for you favorably, that you do like, that does make you feel better, yeah. that you do yeah. feel more in control of. You know, it's a, it's a mind strength, basically. It's learning how to strengthen that muscle so that you can feel like you are in the driver's seat of your thinking mind. You mentioned uh, early on as you were talking that uh, negative thoughts, often they don't even belong to us. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we let those sorts of things sort of creep back into our into our thought process or our psyche? Well, I think, like I said, you know, we take on a lot of our negativity from things that were said to us early in our lives. 
you know, I've worked with a lot of people that, you know, when I ask them that question and we do the says who meditation, they really can oftentimes, you know, might take a little while and sometimes it's it's not easy, but they can pinpoint to when maybe the first time they heard someone say, you're not good at this, you're not enough, you know, mm-hmm. you're not attractive, you're not smart, you're stupid, you know, a lot of things that were said that were so shocking and hurtful and traumatizing. And it's not until someone says that to you that you go, oh, okay, well, I guess because this person who's an authority figure or I'm perceiving as more powerful than me has just told me basically what I'm, you know, not or what I am. And I'm going to take that on as real. You know, it's like giving your power away. So you give your power away and then you take on that belief as real and true and then you integrate that into your life which becomes your reality and until you challenge it you're going to be stuck with it and what i say you basically bury it into your subconscious which is like the storage room or the basement of traumas and things that have been said or done or our experiences some of them being rather unpleasant so again i think that you know unless you confront it you might be quick to believe it and i want people to know that they're powerful they don't have to give their power away and because it sometimes happens as i said in childhood when we're young and we we don't have our defenses up and we're you know we don't have the skill set and we don't have this type of arsenal you know this wellness positive arsenal that you need to really navigate these waters that you have to reclaim that it's like reclaiming your mind so that now's the time to really set it straight Absolutely. You mentioned a few times that that we're giving our power away when we have these these negative thoughts. And and you ask these questions of yourself when you're having these thoughts. It sort of reveals the nature of this thought. Where does it come from? Why do I have this thought? Do you think that that sort of getting analytical about where this thought is coming from and and why you're having this thought can can take away its power? Absolutely. I think identifying the source sometimes, knowing where something comes from, you know, you want it to make sense. And sometimes we don't know the origin of something that has power over us. And I believe that once you can identify it and you can really realize that it does not belong to you, it's like you've taken on someone else's belief system, you can then begin the process of separating yourself from something that you've allowed to have power over you. So I do believe it's essential. I think it's very important to be able to identify it, to figure it out, to know where it all began. And even if you don't know, even if you can't trace it back to a particular person who said something to you, and you take it on as your own belief, you know, because those become a part of our core beliefs. And if you really want to change your thoughts from negative to more positive and, you know, proactive and life-affirming and constructive, you need some kind of process. You need a skill set, I believe, to be able to strengthen that muscle so that you can expose those negative thoughts for what they are. They want to sabotage us. They want to bring us down. They want to tell us that we're not good enough. And it's important also for me to mention that we are the ones that are creating them we have the power to change them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's we talk about this all the time here around the office that we really are we're trying to push the negativity away. We want to keep those negative thoughts away and yet it's so easy. It's so easy to have those negative thoughts and and let them you know sort of run wild in our head or or be a, you know negative in our assessment of things. Why? 
Why is that something that's so natural, so comforting for us? Well, I think, you know, these become habits of a lifetime. And I think that, you know, look, negativity is part of the thinking process. You know, maybe it's leftover from, you know, the part of our brain that's about being the hunter and gatherer yeah. and needing to protect ourselves and needing to defend ourselves. And, you know, we think between 40 and 70,000 thoughts a day, and not all of them are going to be, you know, pretty little thoughts. That's why I say own your thoughts, all of them, do you know? And mm-hmm. what is familiar to us sometimes we get attached to, even if it's not good for us. You know, these become habits. They become familiar. We get used to them. It's not the unknown. It becomes predictable. It becomes like second nature for us. So to switch something out for a whole new way of being, some people are really on board and are ready for it. And they're like, yeah, bring it on. I'm ready to change this up. And for other people, they feel a little bit more nervous about it. They feel a little bit more scared. There's nothing to be scared of. You're changing your thoughts for the better. You're changing your thoughts for thoughts that serve your well-being, not to keep thoughts that don't serve your well-being. A lot of this is illogical in that type of thinking, and that negativity really doesn't serve us well. And that's why I say these questions are very straightforward. They're very logical. They're very user-friendly. And they will expose your thoughts for what they are. So you can identify them, and then you can begin the process to change them. And one thing that I like that you have said a couple of times is that you're you're strengthening that muscle because, you know, like you mentioned, these these negative thoughts and the, this idea that we're looking for the negative in things that is ingrained. That's something that we've practiced. That's why it's happening repeatedly. But it is a practice. It is a, a, something you have to work at so that you're thinking more positively or that you're able to better handle your negative thoughts. It's it, it's not something that you're going to necessarily be able to do perfectly right away, but the more you work at it, uh, the better off you're going to be. Is that is that something you find? Absolutely. It's a practice. It's a discipline. You want to get into shape. You're going to, you're going to discipline yourself to work out, to eat properly. You know, these things just don't just come flying through the window. You have to, I say, if you commit to it, it commits to you. And change does take some work. You know, you have to be willing to do the work. But boy, the benefits are so great. Yeah. You know, I tell people, you know, many people, you know, who have worked with the Says Who Method, they come back to me and they tell me such amazing things. They'll say, you know, Aura, I used to consider myself, you know, a pretty negative person and a pessimistic person. And I'm so on to my thoughts now in that if one of those negative negative thoughts starts to rumble or percolate, I can identify it. I can see it just as it's about to happen and rear its head. And I also talk about and says who to learn how to become the observer. So when that negative thought comes up, you can go, oh, there's that negative thought again, trying to get my attention, trying to bring me down, trying to make me feel bad about myself. I'm on to it. You know, I say, you know, you want to bust your thoughts. You want to out them. You want to really be good at catching them. Do you know? Because if you're oblivious to them and not mindful of them, then they really do run the show, ultimately. Do you know? And again, you're the one. It's your mind. You can decide. You're the gatekeeper of the thoughts that you want to come in and out of your your mind, you know, daily. So it's a practice and it's a discipline for sure. And I think it gives you the freedom to better choose how you react to a negative situation or a less than ideal situation, I guess. Uh, you know, instances at work where you're thinking the project is going to go one way and then something happens and you're going to be better equipped to deal with it if you have a better handle on your own 
negative thoughts and, and how to react to them. At least that's what I believe. That's that's something that's helped me uh, since we started doing this podcast anyway. Absolutely. You know, it, it gives you like a skill set. It gives you um, a better you're, – you're, you know how to circumvent it, and you're just better skilled at knowing how to navigate those waters so that if you're thrown off guard and the negativity starts to come up or you feel defeated, you know, all the sort of default places that are counterproductive – you know, you know how to go into problem-solving mode, and that is really determined a lot by keeping your thoughts steady and positive and wholesome and productive. You know, you, you shift into that gear, and if your thoughts are really aligned to that, they're going to support you in getting something done in a better way than allowing yourself to be so quickly defeated and then tell yourself all sorts of thoughts that support that defeat. Do you know? Yeah. You mentioned uh, pro- uh, productive thoughts. What is it about negative thoughts that makes people think, you know, I'm being productive here. This is helping me in some way. And really, it's it's not. I mean, why do we why do we kind of cling to it as a as a, I guess, an introspective thought I, I don't i don't really know how to put it we no, we, we see it as an assessment really good, yeah yeah that's a good question because you know a lot of that comes off as like busy busy you know nonsense in our minds we don't view it as such when we're thinking it you know i have a chapter in my book called the something to worry about thoughts and it's like you know one of my clients said to me recently wow or you know i've been working on this so diligently and i'm seeing such a shift she said you know if i haven't worried or i don't have a worried thought in a period of time now i go like oh my god it's been three hours since i said something negative to myself what's wrong you know, <laughs> we're, we're so used to filling our minds with this busyness this you know it's like this constant chatter and we sometimes perceive it as productive, which is so silly because it's very counterproductive and very counterintuitive in many ways to yeah. fill our minds with all this nonsense, with all this like busy, busy thinking that ultimately really isn't very productive. It may seem like we're busy because it creates sometimes some kind of drama that we may be used to. You know, we could be attached to the drama, be attached to the drama that's around the negative thoughts, you know. So, it's really changing your thinking in a whole new way. And what I say is when you come on to this and you start to see how much more productive and creative and proactive you feel your thoughts are, you're going to really like it. And yeah. you're going you're gonna to feel more creative. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to that old adage that worry is a rocking chair. You know, it gives you something to do, but you're not right. going to get very far. And no. it's 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 something to occupy your mind, I, I guess. But but really, it's it's not it's not helping you in the way you think it is. You might think you're being introspective and and critical, but really, you're not getting anywhere. Right. And it's you know what I also say. It's like worrying needlessly. And I also talk about in that chapter that you know. Sometimes worry is genuine. There's something to be concerned about. But a lot of the times worry can just make you feel so helpless. And you can turn a lot of the worry into, you know, meditation. Let's say you're genuinely worried about either yourself, something that you're going through, or somebody that you love. There's ways to turn that worry into productive, like prayer or sending that person good message, you know, some kind of um, affirmation or, you know, praying for them or doing a meditation around them or healing, you know, sending them healing thoughts instead of worried thoughts. 
Do you know, sure. there's ways to be constructive and productive with our thoughts and turning them into something that's useful rather than that's not, do you know? And yeah. it, it's, again, it's substituting out. And it's also what I say in the book, it's called release and replace, releasing a thought that doesn't really serve you or somebody else and replacing it with something that does. And I think if you get into those practices, the, the asking yourself the seven questions, you can get better at determining, okay, is this something that's a legitimate worry or is this something that I'm worrying about basically to occupy my mind uh, while I'm waiting for the next thing to come along? I, I, I think it's very important to be mindful of your thought process and how you arrived there. Yeah, and, and mindfulness really does apply to something like this specifically because a lot of the times worry comes from thinking about something that has already happened, which is the past, or thinking about something that's going to happen in the future, which has not yet happened, do you know? So you're talking about two time frames that one is gone and one isn't even here yet, and mindfulness has you be present in the moment of now. So if you're in the moment of now, you don't really need to worry about something that is out of your control that isn't even here yet and you know it's again there's logic in all of this i mean i know it may sound easy but with or not so easy or maybe it does sound easy i don't know depending on how you perceive this or too easy to be true but the more you use it and the more you really tap into the logic of the way we think and that sometimes it's so illogical, you know, worrying about something you have no control over that's in a time frame that doesn't even exist. And what exists is the moment of now. That is mindfulness, being in the present of the moment that you're in right now. Do you know? Yeah. And you got to put it into the proper perspective. It's like, okay, well, what really can I do? This is out of my control. And this is the type of self-talk I encourage people to do with themselves. You know, to really begin that process of telling yourself, you know, I really can't do anything about this. How can I help this person? Or how can I help myself? I'm really worried. I'm, you know, feeling anxious. I'll meditate on it. I'll think of good thoughts and I'll send good thoughts this person's way. Or this is out of my control. This is sometime in the future. I'm not in the future. I'm in the moment of now. Let me be present with the moment that exists right this minute. Excellent stuff. One other thing that one of your ideas that I really like is the idea of treating a negative thought like an intruder on your property. How how can we go about doing that? Uh, Some states say it's legal to get a little bit uh, more physical, uh, but uh, in a productive way, how can we treat a negative thought like an intruder? Well, I use that as a really, as like a metaphor or an analogy in that if you look at some of your thoughts that really sometimes bombard you and they make you feel like you're being held hostage, Mm -hmm. you know, the thoughts that like really are beating you up and making you feel not good about yourself. And I say, you know, they, I said, your, your thoughts should be your, your cheering squad, not your hecklers. And that if you look at a negative thought, like, is if it's an intruder or, or a trespasser in your mind, you wouldn't say to a trespasser that came onto your property, oh, hey, come on in, help yourself to whatever you want. You would address that accordingly. You would say, hey, you don't belong here. Get off my property. And I want you to think of that in the same way with these negative thoughts to say, you know what, this thought really, I don't want it in my mind. It's really taking up too much of my energy, too much of my focus, and I can change that. I can I can turn it around and really ban, you know basically tell it to get lost 
by switching it out for right. a thought that's positive, and again, reinforce it with that positive self-talk. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it works. It helps you in that transformation. Absolutely. It, it can... It uh, it gives you the opportunity to give yourself a pep talk from someone you should probably trust yourself. So uh, yeah. I, I like that idea. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. The book, again, is Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever. Uh, so much more in there that we can't even begin to scratch the service on in, in the limited time we have. So if folks want to get uh, a copy of the book, where can they go to do so? Um, Amazon. Obviously, very easy to get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, You can also visit my website, auranatrich.com, and there's a link directly on that. They can lead you to that place where you can order it, Uh, but very accessible, easy to get, and it's also on Kindle. Excellent. Well, we'll link uh, we'll link to that on our uh, page when this website, or ex- rather, excuse me, we'll link it to our website when this uh-huh. podcast goes on. See, I can speak English. It's it's easy. Of course, you can. You had this whole interview uh, with me. You uh, were doing just fine. I, you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm I'm fluent in the only language that I learned uh, until I was in high school. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> we're very excited that you took some time out with us. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll Thank like you I said, so much for having me. We'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, to the book and uh, look forward to hearing more from you down the road. Thanks again. Thank you. If you'd like a free sketch note of this episode, go to livehappynow.com. And while you're online, please let us know what you thought of this episode or something you'd like to hear in a future episode. You can find us on Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy, or you can send us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. That's it for this episode. I'm J.R. Houston. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for helping us to live happy.